It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Opinions are all over the place about this Auburn quarterback rotation. Boy, we got a hot take for you today. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us as he does every Tuesday, Auburn message board legend, Charlie Five, broadcasting live from Barbaritos. We'll touch more on them in just a moment, but you had a blazing a blazing take about Auburn's quarterback rotation, and I can't think of a better way to open up the show. Yeah, I'm going to start. Uh, so with everything that's going on uh, and what we've seen, I think moving forward, and this has to do with the two-quarterback system and, and you know what skills that each quarterback has, I think it's almost more of a threat now for TJ to run than it is for Robbie to throw. Oh, my goodness. How's that going to go? How's that going to say? Well, I, I think the three passes from Robbie, I think that kind of says what the coaching staff thinks about his arm. Sure. But where is the, the rushing threat for TJ? Is this because he scored off of the read option when he and Jarquez were back there in the red zone? Is Absolutely. that it? Oh, okay. You, you think that was enough? Because I think, I think it's a lot easier to prepare for it's, – it's a lot easier to prepare for to, to stop a running quarterback when you know that's all they can do. Okay, and then when you're very limited in what you can do throwing the ball, it just makes it that much that much easier to sort of uh, yeah. squash the game plan, so to speak, for uh, for what little limited things that Robbie can do. TJ, I know we we have to have these conversations. I'm gonna, I got something to say about that a little bit later too about okay. how good he can be before intercept the before some interceptions or how good he was after interceptions. He can throw the ball. He can be accurate. He can make things happen through the air, and he's it's so it, it's a lot harder to game plan a, to stop a, pa- a, a, a effective passer and, and pull people out of the box uh, than it is to. Uh, and then when he has the opportunity to pull one and run it, it's it's normally going to be a, a fairly big gainer. Or when he breaks contain because nobody really ex- uh, respects him to run, he could possibly do some things there. I'm just. I just feel that after these first two weeks, we've done such a disservice to both both kids. Uh, uh, I'm just not a two quarterback system guy. You know, I think Robbie needs ten to fifteen plays that he becomes immaculate at, and they need to be very situational, short yardage, goal line. Let him do the things that he can do well and, and become really good at him. Because for whatever reason, I mean, he hasn't played a lot of football. He hasn't played a lot of. Any football other than this year, so sure. like to just th- to just go out there and, and and experiment to me when the first two weeks you need to be getting to peak form going into this Penn State game. Uh, it just I don't know. I, it, it's been curious to me. I, I hope yeah. I hope that we can turn it around, and I hope that uh, you know we can find something because we got to find something for this game because what's happened the last two weeks is not going to work. No, no. If Auburn plays like they did the first two weeks, they will lose on Saturday to Penn State. 
Missouri becomes incredibly difficult, uh, I think, if you play just like you did the first two weeks, and you may lose to LSU as well. And obviously, Auburn doesn't want that to happen. So I'm with you as far as, like, the first two games seem to be tune-ups. And, look, try different things. But you and I were talking while we were having lunch here at Barbaritos. The wide receivers, if I'm a wide receiver right now, I've got to be frustrated because, you know, if Robbie's going to carry it seven or eight times a game, which I'm not saying there's, you know, that doesn't need to happen. I do think the rotation is interesting. But if I'm a receiver and it's like, well, have do we have do we have ten wide receiver receptions this year? I don't think we do. I don't think we two do. games. Are you kidding games, me? Pretty tough. Yeah. I, and then I think y'all addressed it with Lindsey. Like in the game yesterday or the game Saturday, you didn't have a wide receiver reception until like what? Almost the end of the halftime. Almost the end of half. Uh, almost two full quarters without throwing it to a wide receiver. Uh, is that so much? Is that uh, is that the game plan, or is that maybe the receivers just aren't quite as good as we thought they were going to be? It doesn't seem like anybody can really get separation except for uh, Javarius Johnson. But then again, if you're not throwing it to him, how do you know? How do you know? Um, well, I, you- I don't know. Going through these rewatches, I mean, there are guys open now, sure. the, and people are saying, "Well, the quarterbacks don't see him." It's like, no. Well, most most offenses in college. There's a first read that the coaches install with each play. So, like, like on TJ's interception, you can tell that the call is to go to the out route, and he just missed. But, like, you know, there's a guy right in front of him running a drag. If you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you didn't see him. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's tough. It stinks. But, like, this isn't Madden. This isn't a thing where, you know, a college quarterback's going to be able to go three reads deep every single pattern. It's just right. not going to happen. It's, it's not just reality. Not. Uh, if, if it is, they're going to be a, a first or a second round draft pick, regardless of how accurate they are. If they can just process information that quickly, the NFL is going to want to take a chance on them. And TJ, I don't think TJ is that guy. I don't think you do. Um, but I do think TJ could be a serviceable quarterback. I still stand by what we talked about all summer, which was, hey, if TJ can just be average, an average SEC quarterback, this Auburn team can win seven or eight games. Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you 100% on that. But here's what here's the conversations that cannot happen. We cannot ha- happen anymore. It can't be he was good before the interceptions or he was good after the interceptions because against a team like Penn State, it's probably too late after that. It's True. probably too late. He could be if if you make mistakes against a team like this, the what you do after may not even matter. You could, it could put us so far behind behind the eight ball, and I'm not 100% sure that we're necessarily built to just come back from, from adversity no. uh, right now. It's sort of a thing where we have to we have to sort of stay ahead of the chains, stay ahead, uh, stay ahead, and uh, he's got to be – he's just got to make better decisions. We had four – as bad, as bad as everybody wants to bang on Bo last year. I think he threw four interceptions the whole year. We have four through the first two games against nobody. I'm sorry, there's nobody. Uh, that 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 can't happen. That can't happen moving forward. Like, and what happens when the talent level wraps up or wrenches up? You know, a hundred percent on Saturday. I mean, it's just you can't. And and, I, and again, I, I hate to keep harping on it. Like, I just feel like we just kill TJ's rhythm with the with, with this yanking out on like first and ten from our own thirty and starting to drive uh, with with Robbie. Even I just. I've never really understood that. I don't think anybody can give me 
several examples where stuff like that actually works long term. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you, sorry to cut you off, but I think this is kind of where we're going. Can you imagine if Gus Malzahn would have handled the quarterbacks this way? He did, and we and we got mad at him. <laughs> That's the thing. Like he played six one game. We got we like we still talk about it like ten years later. Um, Look, yeah, and, and I think they're doing this because I still believe this coaching staff wants Robbie Ashford to be the starter. I think and I they and did I don't think it's, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there, the plan- there's a chance of that uh, that that ship has sailed at this point. But and you and I've talked about this before. Like if it's close, I think they give it to Robbie or Calzada or whoever, not TJ, just because I think it's easier to explain if things go south, right? But yeah, you could tell they gave him the opportunity and he didn't pass the test. How do you not? I, I don't want to go like I, said, I don't want to be too negative because we're only two games in. But how do you not know already? How do you not? We have one. I mean, in theory, you have one of the better defensive lines that you can go that you can go against. How do you not let Robbie go live? Or if you feel like the only thing you can, only chance you get to see it, the, the light really come on is whenever he's got pads on and it's full contact. Like, I just when have quarterback races ever gone into the season? I, I can't remember that ever being a thing. Like, and being and it being a good team. That that I, I don't know. That, that's that's I'm really struggling with that. Does not mean we can't be better. Does not mean TJ can't take over from the, this point forward and build and be great. But like, I, so much time I feel like has wasted. So much valuable time these last two weeks. I feel like we should have thrown it thirty-five times a game. TJ should have let th- TJ throw thirty-five times a game because I think we're we're gonna. I still think we're gonna struggle running the ball against good defenses, and we're gonna have to be able to throw it with some form of competency. Uh, just so much wasted time. I'm there with you. I'm there with you as we broadcast today's Locked on Auburn live from Barbaritos. Where is this attacking defense we were told about with Jeff Schmetting? We'll touch on that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. From cringing at the pump to giving an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, which is pretty much all of us. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. It's an extremely easy-to-use app. You make a purchase at any of their selected stores. A lot of different gas stations there, a lot of different grocery stores, and a handful of restaurants as well. All you have to do is once you're done, you redeem the offer. You take a picture of the receipt, and boom, it takes a little bit to process, but you all of a sudden get cash back. It's yours, and you can deposit it in different ways, cash, PayPal, gift cards, whatever you want. It's awesome. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 uh, or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Charlie Five, before we jump into this attacking defense that we were told about, um, shout out to the folks here at Barberitos for taking good care of us. I you attacked uh, a burrito bowl. Like you destroyed it. 
You destroyed it. You full jalapenos and steak. And, and, you, and you made them just drown it in that like chipotle sauce. So don't be shy. That chipotle no. ranch, you kidding me? That's the best sauce. You were a little aggressive about it. Let's be yeah. honest here. But that's okay. Was, yeah, the, the, the lady, the nice lady behind the counter, she she double taked at least three times. She was yeah. like, keep going, keep going. I was like, absolutely, don't be shy. Fill it up. Yep. So we'll be uh, we'll be eating a late lunch every Monday at Barbaritos. Three o'clock. Come by and hang out with us. We record the show after. We'd love to have you a part of all of that. But also, kids eat free on Mondays. Mm. And also, uh, as it's a big time of year for tailgating, and, and they got your catering needs covered. Catering. All you have to do is call the store and mention that you heard it on the show, and you'll get 15% off. So You can that order it. that ranch by the gallon. Um, I don't know if that's confirmed, but you can certainly ask for sure. So, yeah, be sure to check out our friends at Barbaritos. So we were told all off-season, okay, oh, yeah. Josh Metting has taken over as D.C. Called the Bama game. Yep, we're going to see this attacking defense, yep. and it has not been attacking whatsoever. In fact, it's been extremely, extremely passive. I guess we're supposed to just assume it's because we've seen a lot of vanilla stuff because they could afford to run vanilla stuff against Mercer and San Jose State. That's the last whole way of looking at it. Yeah, it's different. Right. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. Exactly. We've been he either it's either one thing or the other. He either called the Bama game or it was his game plan in the Bama game. And it's like, okay, maybe you just game plan different for different teams and like yeah. you can see different results. I mean, maybe that's just, I don't know, call me crazy. Maybe it's not a cookie cutter every single week. You do the exact same thing. Uh, on the flip side, this, for whatever reason, we're playing, we continue to play, we continue to make um, teams look like they have better quarterbacks and receivers from us than us. Like the past two weeks, I felt like there's better receivers and a better quarterback. Uh, both both weeks, it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't understand yeah. why we we have we have on paper one of the best defensive lines that we've ever had. They're getting a ton of pressure for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. We're not getting home. We're not making like making the making the stop, and we're still right. playing so far off the ball. Uh, and they're just they're just slanting us, digging us to death. And uh, like there was three twelve play drives, if I'm not mistaken, three twelve play drives, two nine play drives. They just they just kept the ball forever. We couldn't get off the field, um, and that's San Jose State. They had seven. They gave up seven sacks the week prior. Like something's got to change. Some, you should be able to vanilla dominate both of these games. You should be able to smother just them, drown them in vanilla, right? Drown them in vanilla extract, just one hundred percent. And and we're not doing it. And you know we joke about Sean Clifford. And he threw for like 112 percent against us last year. Uh, what's going to happen this year? I mean, I, I, another year in the system. He does not have. Is it Dotson, the really good wide receiver? John Dotson, yeah. But um, I mean, no. I, I went back and watched their first two games this morning, and they look good. They look really, really good. The, the Purdue game made them look a little, little bit more vulnerable than Ohio, which is to be expected, but. I don't know. It was a season opener. It was at Purdue. It was a Thursday night, like a weird scenario. Yeah. But still, Clifford was fine. Um, Way better than what we've seen so far. Yeah. Uh, I want to circle back to that point you just made because somebody commented and went after Daryl, who does the uh, morning after show with me, the Sunday edition of Locked on Auburn, saying like Daryl's take was bad. 
because he referred to the fact of, you know, these guys transferred from a Mountain West school to a Mountain West school. They're not more talented than Auburn. And they're like, it doesn't mean that. And I'm like, it does. <laughs> it it yeah. does 99% of the time. Um, Auburn is going to have better players than the Mountain West guys. They so should. I, yeah, they absolutely should. Something is they very should. wrong if that's not the case. Why do they look that way, though? That's that's the question. Why does it look like they, that and, they're better? And, and it's, it's against corners that I think are really decent. Nehemiah Pritchett, Jalen Simpson, DJ James. Um, Nehemiah, Nehemiah has been getting blasted, and honestly, he probably deserves a little bit of it. But, like, last year he had, like, one of the best per – attempt whatever it's like per yards per attempt defended yeah. in the whole country like in the, definitely in the sec like he's a he's a good player he has incredible speed thank god he has that incredible speed or we may have given up more points right but, but i don't know if it's a scheme thing i don't know if it's a technique thing i don't know what it is but whatever we're doing does not, not seem to be working it's, it's not working work. yeah yeah and so we'll see bet online has penn state favored by two and a half points that was my pick that it would open around there. I thought that would be about about where it would open. I assume it's that close because it's in Auburn, but I'm surprised yeah. it's that close, if I'm being honest with you. Well, that means they really think we're probably – I mean, they they always say that home field advantage is three points, so they really think it's about a, a touchdown, six uh, about a six-point game or something like that mm-hmm. and on a neutral field, which may, may be fair right now after what we just saw. But, again, again, understand – you don't have to – just because you think we have a poor performance does not mean you think that we can't be better. Right. I think we I think we have some very good players. I think we probably have uh, at least five draftable dudes on defense and a couple of guys that could probably be drafted on offense. Like, I think we, we have some players, okay? I think we have the ability to win games. I think we have the ability to run the ball down people's throat. But for whatever reason – the first two weeks, I don't know if it's the quarterback situation. I don't know what it is. It's not clicking, but it can. It can click just like that. It could have taken that last week to wake everybody up, which I wouldn't think they would need waking up when you're picked to finish last in the, at least the division, maybe the conference. Right. Uh, but, you know, maybe maybe that did take uh, take them uh, wake them up a little bit. So I, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Um, they're not. They're definitely beatable. Penn State's definitely beatable, but I agree. not. Not with the, what we've seen the last two weeks out of Auburn. Ranked teams coming into Jordan Hare Stadium, like Auburn's got a chance. Auburn yeah. certainly has a chance, but two and a half just seems low to me. Um, yeah, who are you? Picking, who are you picking Saturday? At two and a half, I'd pick us to win because I think we'll probably we might you know win by three, <laughs> at least three points. So I think we could. I think we'll probably. I think get into a situation if we don't turn the ball over i think we'll get into a situation where we might have a field goal to win late so that's kind of what I, that's that's kind of what i see right now before we jump into our conversation with Auburn tight end john samuel shanker charlie five how can we find you here you read you all that stuff absolutely find me on twitter at the underscore charlie underscore five on in the locked on auburn discord guys so much fun locked on auburn great dudes in there a lot of fun auburnlive.com the corner message board or monday wednesday friday on the dad by golf Live. I got to tell you about our friends at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall is the place to buy all of your officially licensed Auburn gear. We ate lunch at a restaurant next to Alumni Hall over in Tigertown, and my daughter was freaking out because she wanted to go see Obby. Like I said, she thinks Obby lives there, but they've got all kinds of, whether it's polos or 
jerseys or whatever you need for game day, whatever your fit, whatever your style is for game day, Alumni Hall has you covered. Also, if you want decor for a man cave or your living room or bedroom, whatever it may be, be sure to check that out. Charlie Five gets a lot of his kids' clothes from there. Alumni Hall has a little bit of, uh, of everything. And, hey, if you're not in the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area, you can go to alumnihall.com, and they've got an outstanding selection, and you can order with great shipping rates, and uh, it gets there extremely fast. So be sure to check that out at Alumni Hall in person or alumnihall.com. Our weekly visit with Auburn tied in. John Samuel Shanker is brought to you by the Crawford Willis Group with EXP Realty. John Samuel Shanker, it is here. I know you guys take it one game at a time, but uh, us that cover the team and, and a lot of folks watching, they've had this Auburn-Penn State game circled really since probably the end of the season. So what's it like for you? Is there a different vibe in practice and, and in the locker room, or is it just any other week? Yeah, I think this is a big week. Uh, a lot of guys look forward to this game, especially after last year. We felt like, that game got taken from us there at the end. Uh, so the guys that are back for this one are very excited. Um, it's a big game for us and for Auburn. Just unique, too. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime game to come to Auburn yeah. and watch Auburn play Penn State. What's it like playing these guys last year? I mean, how is the preparation different from last year to this year? Well, I think you have an anticipation kind of what – to expect uh, Big Ten football is a little bit different, and you, you got to see that last year and just how the style of game that they play. Um, so I think that's a big advantage, really, for both teams. Honestly, that's um, that's kind of an advantage because now you see how the, the teams play and everything. Um, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a test. Obviously, they're a good football team, um, and I'm sure they think they have an advantage coming off of what happened to us last week and. Um, how we played, um, but it's it's our duties to get ready for this game. Last year, it seemed like the environment was pretty cool uh, up in Happy Valley, but now Penn State gets to come here. What do you expect Jordan-Hare Stadium to be like on Saturday? Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll be quite Iron Bowl, but I'm, I'm expecting right. a really big crowd that's really rowdy, ready to go. 2.30 kickoff, which is prime time for the SEC. So I think our fans are really excited about it. I know they all talk about it. That's all I can ask about is, you know, you're ready for the Penn State game and things like that. So uh, I, I think they'll be ready to go. You mentioned the play that, that you guys had um, last week. Really a slow start offensively. A lot of penalties. I know you had a handful. That first one was extremely questionable in my mind, but it took a little bit for the offense to get going. What what do you look at specifically in trying to make sure that doesn't happen again? Yeah, it was it was really sloppy. Uh, I think overall on the offensive side, we, we knew that, uh, especially after watching it yesterday and going over as a unit. Um, but that's, you know, part of the game is learn how to win when you have those tough nights. And we definitely found a way to do that. Um, we didn't think our preparation last week was as great either. Uh, for whatever reason that may be. And so that's something that we're really focused on this week is making sure that we uncover all the stones, we prepare the right way uh, to get ready for the game. Sure. What do you take away from, I guess, the early offensive struggles? I mean, is was it a focus thing just, you know, as a whole? Was it a little bit of peeking ahead? Or is it just, hey, not every night is going to be your night kind of thing? Yeah, I just think it... You know, things just didn't go our way. I don't think it. I don't think yeah. we were looking forward or anything. I just don't think, sure. you know, things didn't fall our way. Yet. Like some of the penalties were questionable and things like that that killed drives. Um, 
I don't I don't think it was a matter of if we were focused. I thought we were ready to go in the locker room. I thought everybody was amped up and everything. Um, but it was really exciting to see that we have resiliency to come back in that second half and really bounce back strong, uh, to score right out of the break and, and to make sure that um, San Jose State knew that we were for real in the second half and to, to wear them down a little bit and things like that. What was Coach Harson's messaging to the team in regards to to penalties? Uh, I, I imagine he had a lot to say about that. Yeah, that, that can't happen, especially the weeks moving forward. I mean, you can't have – I think we had 10 penalties as a team. You, you, like, you can't have that and expect to win football games every week. Um, and some of that was just undisciplined, and then some of it was just, you know, unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, that's a big, big no-no. I mean, you saw the Alabama game as well. And like 15 penalties. Um, so you just you can't do that kind of thing and expect to win against good football teams. So TJ Finley, he throws an interception. But after that pick, John Samuel, he had maybe his best performance as an Auburn Tiger. What does that say about him? Yeah, that was awesome to see. Uh, you know, coming from last year, this year, I think it's a big part of his growth is just being able to face adversity and just continue to the next play. And we talked about that yesterday, our ability uh, to bounce back after all this negative stuff. We were There was nothing really going right. We found a way to start moving the train the right way, and uh, that was really exciting, especially for TJ. Who else on this offense, in your mind, stepped up over the course of the game? Obviously, TJ had a, a really good second half. Did anybody else impress you on this offense? I thought Austin Troxel had a really good second half. He, had a, um, he didn't have a great first half. Uh, but I thought he really handled – they have a really good defensive end. I think one of the top in the country, in my opinion. Oh, okay. um, and he handled it pretty well in the second half and just started to wear down wear him down a little bit. So as you guys look ahead to, to Penn State, you mentioned Big Ten. It's a little bit different, but, but clearly I, I think everybody would agree it's probably the second-best conference in college football. When prepping for Penn State, what stands out about this team? Uh, well, they're very physical, like they were last year. Um, very athletic. Um, you know, they're compared to last year. I don't think size-wise they're as big as they were last year, but they play with the same intensity. I mean, that's something that I think every year you're gonna have with a Penn State team is there's consistently they're gonna attack you. They're gonna be physical. Um, they're gonna play hard, especially in a big game. Uh, they're gonna play hard. Um, so we'll get to see that, but also they get to come down to the Southern Heat, and uh, we'll see how that affects them um, this weekend. Yeah, two thirty uh, on an Auburn yeah. afternoon, it can get toasty. There's no question yeah. about that. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to see how they uh, how they respond to that. So I, I was watching some of their stuff this morning, and they do a they do a fair amount of different formations defensively. I mean, they're, they run more three linebacker sets than a lot of folks that we've seen so far that Auburn's gone up against. How does that change how you guys prepare? I mean, you'll see uh, four man, you know, four, two, five stuff. They, they run four threes. They drop their, their defensive ends a ton. What, what is, uh, what all kind of goes into the prep for all that from a tight end perspective? Yeah, you try and see consistencies, maybe down in distance, what they like to do, and then personnel-wise, who they like to drop, who they like to bring on blitzes, and things like that. Yeah. And typically, there's tendencies in defenses, um, and you try to pick pick up those and practice those during the week. 
just to get some consistency. But you know they're going to bring out things that we haven't seen yet. That's part of a game plan because uh, every team does that, right? They'll bring out uh, yeah. things that try to beat your tendencies and things like that. So, um, but yeah, you, you try to get the base stuff down that they do. Um, and make sure you execute that well, like you're saying, the four-two-five, and then they bring in a, a safety or a nickel uh, into the box as well. Uh, it, it really becomes very imperative on IDs for our centers and, and our guards um, just to get the right calls in uh, so that we're all on the same page. When, when an edge rusher, or I guess it looks like an edge rusher, an outside linebacker, a stand-up defensive end, whatever term Penn State calls it, drops back into coverage, how much does that really impact what the offense is trying to do? Because th they do it more than most teams in college football, it looks like. Yeah, uh, it, normally it's not a huge deal because normally he's just got – he's just the flats defender. Yeah. Um, and it's normally just to the boundary. So, typically it's not a huge deal unless the quarterback just doesn't see him and it ends up throwing the flat and he picks it off. But Typically, they just do that um, if it's some sort of – they're rolling to cover three and they just want a flat defender out there. And, um, but typically, it's not a huge deal for uh, for teams. We do it a little bit. Um, so, it it's really not an issue for the offense. Our weekly conversation with John Samuel Shanker brought to you by our friends at the Crawford Willis Group. If you are buying or selling your home or, or looking at a second home or investment property – it's a significant life move, so it's important to hire a professional real estate team to help you navigate the real estate market from start to finish, especially in today's market in the Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County area. It is crazy. My family and I, as you can see, new setup if you're watching on YouTube, and it's because of uh, the, the Crawford Willis Group that we were able to do this in such a seamless transition. In fact, they are listing our home and taking pictures doing the marketing stuff right now as we record this conversation in our own home. So be sure to check all of it out at CrawfordWillisGroup.com. If you have any questions, they can absolutely help you there. The Crawford Willis Group, part of EXP Realty. John Samuel Shanker, the, the stable of running backs that have emerged, and I think we kind of all expected this to happen, but Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, and then the little bit, small sample size that we've seen of Damari Austin. I mean, Damari's looked incredible. Yeah, we saw that in fall camp. He is a very talented individual, very mature for okay. a freshman. Um, very excited about him. He's a great addition to our team, um, and he is all is advertised. He is an amazing running back, um, and he will definitely be helping us this year. That definitely helps with our depth um, throughout the season and things like that. But, yes, he is every bit as good as he showed this past weekend. Yeah, uh, I think that's exciting. I think Auburn fans are obviously excited about the current situation at running back, but also moving forward, it's just bright future there. There's no question about it. As far as like the rotation at all the positions, I mean, we're still seeing a good bit of that. Less at wide receiver, but you're still seeing a little bit of rotation at, at the guard spot. You're seeing rotation at quarterback, which has been extremely well documented. Running back as well. Is, is that something that we should continue to expect? throughout the season, including this weekend against Penn State? Or were these first two weeks kind of, hey, let's let, let's see what we've got, you know, from the coach's point of view? Well, I think part of that was just seeing who they – who just seeing if somebody separated themselves. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think I think we'll probably continue to do that to an extent. Uh, I think especially in the O-line, um, I don't see an issue with that because – 
Keandre Jones and Cam Studs are both really good guards, um, and they both deserve playing time. They're both, you know, so I don't, I don't think that'll change. Um, it also keeps them fresh as well. It keeps him in the loop. It's not just leaving one guy out and letting him get stiff during a game and then throwing him in. Like he's he's in the game plan. He's running all the plays. keeping himself fresh. Um, but yeah, I expect to continue to see that. I, I think it's beneficial for our team. Um, and it just keeps guys uh, ready to go throughout the game. John Samuel, I don't know if you remember this because you probably did a thousand interviews that day. But when you sat down with me at SEC Media Days, I asked, "All right, who's the guy in the tight end room that we're not talking about?" And you, uh, without skipping a beat, said Brandon Frazier. And I'm not going to lie to you. I-, I thought you were just giving me a name because he was working his tail off when you wanted to give some love to one of your guys. But he's been, um, he's been a part of this offense. Yeah, we knew that going in that he was going to be a part of this offense. I thought he could have had a few more catches this weekend just on things that happened. Um, but, yeah, no, he's, he's the real deal. Um, very consistent in what he does. Um, you can always rely on him in the pass game and the run game. Um, so you'll continue to see him on the field. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. I think that's great. John Sable, thank you so much for your time as always, man. And best of luck. Huge game this Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you. War Eagle. That is John Samuel Shanker joining us as he does every single week. And once again, that is courtesy of the Crawford Willis Group with EXP Realty. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We'll be back tomorrow for a little War Report Wednesday. All right here on... Locked on Auburn. See you tomorrow. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.